Welcome back to the 1-2 Kentucky Blue Podcast. I am your host, Coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I've got Mr. Zane Hunt as my guest today. Zane recently just left UK for a job with the Toronto Blue Jays organization. And if you haven't noticed, as of late, all of my guests have been former UK strength coaches, and I've had a blast reconnecting with them. Like always, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hey, Coach Spurlock, how we doing? I'm doing good, man. You look good. Where are you at? I'm sitting in uh, one of our little conference rooms in here. Gotcha. Yeah, at the facility still. Great, great. Well, we'll hop right into this, bud, and we'll kind of catch up as we go through it. But thank yeah. you for hopping on here. I've been thinking about you a lot. You know, we just started with our new batch of summer interns, and to think that you were in their spot um a year ago 12 months ago and now you're sitting here decked out from head to toe in toronto blue jays gear it's pretty cool pretty cool do you ever sit back i I had this moment um when i got my master's of strength conditioning um certification award whatever it is from the cscca in may where there was just a point where i was wearing the jacket and i was just staring at the mirror and i'm like how the heck did I get here? Like time has flown yeah. by. I can't believe I've been in this profession for so long that I'm actually eligible for this award. It, it was just unreal. And now looking at you with yeah. you know professional baseball, MLB, Toronto Blue Jays, living in Florida on the beach, has it been surreal? Yeah, it's been it's been very surreal for me. I'm I mean. I'm the same way every single day. I feel like I, I wake up and, and come to work. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, wow, I'm in, I'm in Florida. I can't even believe that first off. But yeah, yeah every day I wake up and I'm like, man, it, it just feels like time's just flown by since I started. I, I mean, I only started three or four years ago in this in this profession. But yeah, it just feels like time's flown by. Somebody asked me the other day how old I was and I had to stop and pause for a second because <laughs> Like it kind of kind of hit me that I I didn't even know how old I was. It's just been so in, entrenched in the the grind recently that yeah, it's kind of crazy how much time time flies by and uh, little little victories and little uh, instances in your life kind of kind of pass you by without you even thinking about them. Yeah. So let's get into like how you got to where you are. Obviously, you were a part of our program as a summer intern and then a coaching assistant. But let's take a step back. Talk me through your education. And then your career path to Kentucky, and then obviously to the Blue Jays. Yeah, well, it's it's quite a long one. Uh, you might need a map to uh, put a little pinpoint on every place I've I've been so far. But I'm originally from uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I uh, went to junior college out there, uh, and that was kind of my first real like adversity point in my career. I went to a small school, played baseball all my life. Went to a small school, uh, high school out there in, in uh, Gilbert, Arizona, and once I got my offer to play junior college baseball, I took it. I went out to Phoenix College and played two years of uh, uh, baseball out there. And really, like I said, that was kind of my first point in adversity in my life. And uh, I got cut my second year there. I was just not ready, not ready for the speed of the game. You know, it was much bigger, much faster. Guys were just better than me at that point and got cut and ended up 
figuring out that, well, maybe baseball might not be the thing for me, you know? So started uh, working at a metal factory that one of my friend's dads had been a GM at, started working there for a year and really just missed the game, missed, missed being around the guys, missed being in the locker room, just BS with, with guys every day. So yeah. sent a couple uh fewer emails out to people that I spoke to uh, previously while I was in high school and, it wasn't even 10 minutes after that that I had got an email back. Uh, one of the coaches that I was talking to out of a presentation college when I was in high school, he emailed me back within 10 minutes. And I was like, wow, this is great. So kind of on the spot there after a year just working in the real world, just, yeah, all right, I'll come out. So where is presentation college? In, oh, gosh. That was probably December of 2016. Oh, wow. And semester was starting in January of 2017. Yeah. So got everything in, got, uh, got all my, uh, academic stuff taken care of and went to, went to school out there in presentation college. Unfortunately, a lot of my credits didn't transfer over. So ended up having to take, yeah, ended (laughs) up having to take three and a half years of school out there still. So, but it was really my junior year, uh, out there at presentation where we got our first full-time strength conditioning coach. And that was really kind of my first feeler into like the strength conditioning world and really loved it. I mean, loved it as an athlete, loved uh, everything about it. Just the grind, having a set schedule, just absolutely loved it. So my senior year, I had had to take an internship in order to graduate. So I thought, why not take an internship with our strength coach? So I did that for a year. What was your degree in? Exercise science. Okay. So that makes sense that you did a strength and conditioning internship. Yep. Yeah. So my senior year was actually 2020 COVID. So our, we were maybe 10, 15 games into the season. Uh, uh, season got canceled, obviously, because yeah. COVID world shut down, just like everybody else. But it's really kind of at that point where I had to figure out, all right, what is it? What is it that you want to do with your life? You know, so I'd really gotten interested in strength conditioning um, and talking with my mentor at that time, Zach Near, the coach that I was working with, he was like, you know, if this is really the career path that you want to get into, you got to sit down and think about maybe you maybe you get a master's. So prior to that, I mean, this is my sixth year of college. So I'm thinking there's no way I'm just finally light at the end of the tunnel. You know, there's no way that I'm going to go take two more years of school. But I guess he talked me into it and uh, decided to go take a master's and get a master's degree. And while I was doing that, I. Uh, Thought it'd be best if I got a little more experience under my belt, uh, not only in the strength conditioning field, but doing some personal training as well. So I uh, took an internship uh, with the Avera Human Performance Center there in Aberdeen, South Dakota, and uh, they liked me enough after a couple months to hire me on as a personal trainer. So I was personal training, uh, going to grad school and also volunteering as a volunteer strength coach at the school that I'd previously been at at, at Presentation College. So it was quite a bit quite a bit for sure doing grad classes with all that but it was it was great experience so after that I hopped on with you guys for a summer internship and luckily enough you guys liked me enough to keep me on for the year and and it was close I mean that was yeah that was that was absolutely the the best uh, experience I've had so far so awesome uh once once we got done there 
uh, lucky enough to get offered a job here with the Blue Jays. So yes. kind so of been all across the map right now, but it's been a great experience. So just so everybody knows, you were Coach D's right-hand man for baseball, softball, gymnastics, and you were right. very, very heavily involved with their baseball program. That ended up having an incredible year. I know you had to leave early to take the job with the Blue right. Jays, but I'm, I have no doubt that you followed them and watched all the success they had on the field and um, you know, you were a big part of that that program and helping D out and making sure those guys were strong, healthy, and ready to play each and every day. But let's um uh, so that was when was your last day with us? What day in May was that? May 20th, I believe, okay. was my last day there. Yeah. So today yeah. is what is today is the 21st, right? Yeah. So you are one month, one day out from UK. Now yeah. you're in you're in what part of Florida are you with the Blue Jays? So their facility is in Dunedin, Florida, which is like five or six miles outside of Clearwater. Clearwater is okay. where I live. Yep. Right in the center of the state. So let's talk through what's a day in the life for you right now. Yeah, it's it's definitely a little different, especially coming from the college sector. Um, all my experience has been in the college sector. So I thought, you know, every every job's gonna be exactly the same. But it's definitely a huge change of pace. I think every day, our day usually starts at 7 a.m. with a meeting with our PTs and the rest of our rehab group, um, whether that be the rehab coaches, the rehab strength coaches, um, and the PTs. We all sit down. We talk about what each guy has for the day, throwing-wise, base running-wise, um, and then also in the weight room. And, uh, yeah, we kind of go through where those guys are going to be, what they're going to be doing that day, what their bullpen's like, um, and what all we need to be prepared for for the day. After that, we kind of break off. We have a little bit of time to grab some breakfast around here at the cafe, sit down, have a little breakfast, and then usually our, our first lifts start around 8 o'clock, 8.15-ish. So we'll have three or four guys, just depending on who all is rehabbing at that time, hop in the weight room, and they'll go through their, their prep and their weight room activity. And then 9 o'clock, we hop out to the field. Do a little team stretch, uh, guys throw, guys get ready for the bullpens. And then pretty much from 9.30 on, it's watching bullpens, helping do some uh, some sprint activities, helping do some change of direction stuff, just facilitating being where I can be at, at all times. And after that, we kind of settle down, get a little lunch, and then guys kind of filter in and out throughout the weight room throughout that time around that 12 12 30 one o'clock time and once they're in and out it's usually the end of the day and i'm running catapult reports and putting all that together and getting ready for the next day yeah so what is your official title i am a minor league rehab strength conditioning coach and how are you the only person there that has that title or is it multiple people that have your roles and you're working with different guys no. kind of talk through the structure of the the staff yeah so there's two of us actually i have a, a rehab strength conditioning coordinator he is taylor haslinger who is also a uk alum yep. uk intern alum yep. um and then there's a plethora of coaches there's the, the rookie ball runs out of this complex as well the fcl team so there's three coaches over there as well we also have a minor league strength conditioning coordinator who oversees all of us and we have a dominican uh strength conditioning coordinator who's in the building as well so there's there's a plethora of us that are that are uh, on the floor at all times but it's a great experience I was D much must have mentioned it to me because now I'm remembering it. As you said, a Dominican strength and conditioning coordinator, 
do you have to learn Spanish because you got so many guys from the Dominican, South America, yeah. wherever else? Yeah, so that was a challenge for me when I took the job too. I, I you know, I expected in baseball there's a lot of Latin Americans, right? Yeah. I expected that there was going to be plenty in the building, but when I got here, I was I was in shock. It's probably it's probably ninety percent Latin Americans and ten percent Americans. So, especially that that first week or two was was a culture shock for me because I'm I'm trying to learn and build relationships with my athletes and my players, but I can't even speak to them. So. Yeah. Being from Arizona, I know the the very basics, you know, hola, me amo Zane, but I can't have a have a entitled a conversation past past those few sentences. So, yeah, that was that was definitely tough. And the great thing is though is a, a lot of the players are taking English classes as well, so they're able to communicate a little bit with me as well. And and I'm trying to learn Spanish. I I have them teach me every single day. Yeah, a few words here and there. So I'm trying to learn Spanish. They're trying to learn English. So it's kind of a common ground there. But yeah, it definitely helps having other other guys on staff that speak Spanish and can kind of reciprocate what they're saying and help be a a middleman and a translator. That will make you an incredible coach because I don't yeah. know if you know this, but it was the 2012 Olympics. We used to have a lot of Venezuelan track runners at UK and I was the track strength coach at the time. And one of the runners was one of the fastest um, sprinters in Venezuela history in the 200 wow. and the 400 so Venezuela, their athletic commission asked our sprint coach at the time to be their coach for their four by four um, relay team. So right. that guy was their their track coach. They moved to Lexington, Kentucky, and they also needed a strength coach as well. So I was asked to be that strength coach. I signed a contract that was completely in Spanish. I had no idea what it said right. at the time. It was 2012. So I was I was almost 30 years old or even when they started training with us, I think it was more like late 2010. So I just signed it. They paid me some money in cash and then they just started working out with me. But five guys, so four runners, one alternate, one of them spoke English. So I am wow. trying to teach them how to do cleans, snatches, jerks, write up a workout, take them through everything that we do with our student athletes from like the mobility to our warm up to our triple warm up to obviously the main components of the lift and doing all of this with I did not I do not speak Spanish at all. But after leaving that situation and after they, you know, left Lexington and they performed, I think they got seventh at the uh, Olympics in London. Like I was such a better coach because of it, because it just makes your communication skills, your body language, your nonverbal communication just has to go through the roof in order for you to be a effective coach. So right. I have no doubt you'll leave this situation. Um uh, if you do move on from the Blue Jays, like you'll be an incredible coach and everything will seem so much easier because right. of the uh, experience you get there. You really learn how to be uh, short and direct with your cues when you yep. only know very minimal words, very minimal words in Spanish. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's definitely a benefit of it. But at the same point, these athletes are very self-sufficient as well. You know, I thought them coming from essentially a third world country and yeah. not having very much weight room experience that it was going to be kind of a fluctuation in the athletes that I saw, but we're lucky enough that we have bridge athletic as our, our uh, programming method. And 
they click on the exercise. It shows a full demo of how to do that exercise. They retain the information very well and they're very self-sufficient and, uh, but there's still coaching that needs to be done at the end of the day, but yeah. being able to have those short cues in the few Spanish words that I know is it's definitely been helpful. I just remember saying mas rapido, mas rapido, or auto, 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 arriba, arriba, vamos, vamos. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so you kind of gave me a quick rundown of a typical day. Now I don't, is it like a Monday through Friday job? Do you have to work on re weekends? Like what's the weekly setup like? Yeah. So typically right now, because we're in season, there's a lot going on, obviously. But right now we're running Monday through Saturday, okay. full off day on Sunday. Um, and Saturdays are generally pretty short. I mean, if we're not out of the building by 12, 1230, it was, it was a long day. So gotcha. Saturdays are pretty short, but same structure Monday through Friday. Saturday, it's primarily pitchers that are coming in because they're on the rotation and they're on the rehab schedule. So we're getting them done in the morning. They're getting their throwing done in the morning. Um they're having their post-throw rehab in the training facility. And then if there's guys that need to lift, we we bang that out real quick. And we're out of the facility by, like I said, probably 12, 1230. So not terrible. Do the players live on, like, do you all have like a campus there? Or do they have their own apartments where they're driving in? How What does that setup look like? Yeah, I just learned about that as well. We actually have a team hotel. It's actually just a normal i think like a holiday inn but really? the team rents it out yeah uh, rents yeah. out rooms for for the players so a good majority of the players that um, are here for a long period of time live at that hotel um i know they i believe they also offer stipends like they do for us coaches for housing mm -hmm. so i know a few of the players live at my apartment complex as well so i think it just really depends on how long of a stay they're going to be at the facility um if they're rookie ball guy with the fcl they're probably staying at a, an apartment complex around here or if they're just a short-term rehab guy they're probably at the hotel so was it hard to get adjusted to the schedule that you just walked me through because i know when you were at kentucky softball might have lifted at 6 a.m or 6 30 gymnastics was probably right after them and then you know we probably had a staff meeting something going on but then there was probably a yeah. giant gap before you know, baseball practice later that afternoon, maybe baseball lifted after practice, which didn't start until 530. Kind of walk me through that transition. Was it easy? Was it? Yeah, it's it's definitely been quite a different change that I'm still trying to get used to, but it's also been a refreshing change. You know, I mean, like you said, when you're in the college sector, oftentimes, especially if you're in the summer months, like you guys are now, it's team lift after team lift after team lift after team lift. And yeah. for those four hours, you got to be locked in, you got to be dialed. Um, right now, I'm having a team lift at eight or a couple guys come in at eight or 815. I'm making a few tweaks to to what they're doing, because they're pretty self sufficient. And then I'm going outside and playing catch with some of the guys and doing some uh, running and some conditioning stuff. And then I'm coming back in and having a, only a few select few guys uh, going through lifts again. So it's definitely been a lot slower than what I'm used to being in the college realm, but it's also been a refreshing change of pace to where you don't have to be dialed in coaching. eye, making sure nobody's getting hurt, making sure everybody's safe for four hours in a row. So um, as easy as that is, once you get into that flow, it is mentally draining. Like we talk about all the time, being, yeah. being that locked in the quality of your coaching after the second hour, just, it kind of goes downhill, you know? So yeah. it, it's definitely been a, a change for me, but 
I am liking the change so far. I fear that I do get comfortable at some point where there's only two or three guys in and, you know, I'm assuming that they're self-sufficient as they've always been and things start to slip through the cracks. So my fear is getting to that point and I'm, I'm trying to keep myself locked in at all times and staying dialed. So none of that happens. I think the best thing is that you're aware of that. So you right. as a young, still a young coach in this new position where you've been there for less than a month now. So I think as long as you're aware of that and you take the actions that need to be taken to prevent that, you know, you getting too casual or comfortable, whatever it is, I think you're going to be just fine. Um, yeah. Talk through with me, whether it was something that you learned at UK, whether it that experience you got with Coach D and working with our baseball team here, or maybe it was something during your playing career, but like what helped you the most to be prepared for the position you're in now? I think honestly, um, it's easy to say just coming off of the experience for the last year, but definitely my time spent at Kentucky. I think you know, we've talked about it a lot and you harped on it in my time there is in order to lead others, you got to be able to lead yourself first. So I think that was a big thing, showing me how to be a, an effective communicator, uh, showing me how to uh, talk with others and be diligent and direct with my my coaching and my communication amongst others. So I think that's that's definitely been a big thing um, in my playing career, uh, just getting in routines. You know, I'm a routine guy. Uh, I think playing college baseball for whatever it was, six years now, I'm very much a person who likes to have a set schedule and I follow those schedule. I have the things planned out for me for that day and I follow that schedule. So that's definitely been a couple of things that have helped me for sure. Awesome. Awesome. What's, um, what are some of your goals? Have you had a minute to kind of take a deep, big, deep breath and think through some short-term or long-term goals that you have for yourself while you're with the Blue Jays? Yeah, you know, I have. I was I was talking with Abby the other day. It feels like life's just been happening so fast in the short month that it's been now. I mean, moving yeah. across country again, um, starting a, a new job within a week of being there. It's uh it's been been a lot, especially in a short period of time. But I think just looking back on my strength and conditioning career, I think ultimately growth is gonna be what's what's best for me and continuing continuing to grow as a young strength coach in this field. So Ultimately, my short-term goal is just to absorb all that I can from the Blue Jays strength staff right now that so that I can effectively lead some rehab protocols and, and programs myself, um, whether it be a, a guy that's fresh off TJ and taking him through that full nine to 12 month cycle and getting him healthy enough to be back on the field, or whether it be an ACL uh, restructure and taking him through the whole protocol of getting back to being, being healthy and safe on the field. So I think Ultimately, in the short term, that would be that would be my goal, you know, learn yeah. as much as I can so that I can do that on my own. And I want you to know I'm following along with your baseball specific lingo, like just coming off a of TJ. That's a Tommy John, isn't it? That's a Tommy John. And that's yes, a sir. Tommy John. Yes, See, sir. I've never worked with baseball, but I know that I'm hip. I got it. Very, very frequent in this industry. Oh, I bet. TJ. I yeah. bet. Um, so I, I once again, maybe you can't speak to this. Maybe I'll even take a step back. So, you know, one thing that's really important to us at Kentucky is developing our young people. And then obviously myself, the everybody else that is, uh, you know, a real big core member of the group. Our professional development is is key. We got to make sure that we're growing, just like you said, one of your goals are. But you, have you seen 
or is there a structure set in place at the Blue Jays for you to have those professional development opportunities and even taking a step back, like within your daily schedule, do you have time to work out? Do you have time to, you know, take some time for Zane Hunt to make sure that um, you have an opportunity to, I don't know, read a couple chapters of a book or go for a run or get a lift in? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is with the schedule, it really that we have, I mean, we're working from seven to at the latest three or three thirty each day. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for me is the work-life balance is really there in this industry. Um, being able to get outside and and have a life outside of the strength conditioning field. That's been the biggest thing for me. But as far as like the uh, professional development, they've already done a great job with that. I know myself and another strength coach started at the same time. And they've already pushed for us to get our FMS certification. So that's been that's been huge. I took that course, passed that course. So that's another certification added to my belt. But one thing that they talked about with us when they hired us was being big on that that personal and professional development. And whether it be sending us to conferences or whatever it is that we want to help help grow in our field to feel the freedom to do that and then take that information back to the staff and help them grow. But ultimately, like I said, the structure right now and the schedule that we have in our days, it really allows for that that work-life balance that I'm really enjoying. Because, I mean, like you know, you've been in the, the field for 16, 17 years now that, uh, especially in the college realm, it, it can be a grind. And it can it can be a long, long, year long. So being able to have a life outside of the strength conditioning field is is huge for your personal, personal growth. Oh, yeah. So you get off work, maybe 3.30, maybe a little bit later. What do you what have you been doing? You going to the beach? What what's your oh. what's your hobbies down in Florida? I, I think if anybody knows me, they know I'm a, a huge fisherman. Yes. So we're lucky enough to uh, have an apartment that backs right up to Tampa Bay, Shut big up. bay that surrounds Tampa and Clearwater. So yeah, we got a dock that goes right out to the the bay there. So every night I'm out there doing some fishing. Um, what are you catching? Because I'm going to Gulf Shores, Alabama soon. I need to know what's biting. There's plenty to catch out here. So far, I've caught redfish. Yeah, those are great eating. Good, good fun fight too. Oh, yeah, um, there's plenty, plenty of sharks out here. A lot of black dip, a lot of bull sharks. Haven't caught any of those yet. Hooked into one, but he broke me off. So um, there's plenty of stingrays, whole lot oh, of stingrays out here. Caught yeah. a couple of those so far um, and plenty of catfish. I didn't know there was catfish in the ocean, yeah. but I found that out real quick. So they don't get very big. I've caught those before. They're yeah. about, I don't know, maybe 16 inches. They got those spines yeah. that are super, super sharp. And yeah. it's not like a catfish I could catch here in Kentucky and, you know, fly up and fry up. Right. Like, from what I've heard, and I haven't tried it because right. I'm just going to take everybody's word for it. Those hardhead catfish are just terrible to eat. Yeah. If anybody knows what a bullhead catfish is, they're basically the same thing. They're about eight to 15 inches long and they're fun to catch until you find out that it's another catfish on your line and you're tired of catching them. So yeah, caught a lot of those so far. Um, definitely looking to get into some mangrove snapper. I've heard those are really good to eat. Looking yeah. to get into some grouper as well. I've heard those are good to eat. Fun, fun fish to fight. So, looking to get into some of that. But other than that, outside of fishing, been going to the beach pretty much every week, <laughs> absorbing all the sun that I can. Um, spent a lot of time out in South Dakota where it was uh, very, very short summers <laughs> and very, very long winters. So. <laughs> Had plenty of the uh, negative forty days, and uh, really enjoying the the ninety degrees right now. So, yeah. spent a lot of time out at the beach. Um, yeah, just just enjoying the outdoors right now. 
That's awesome. You know, one thing I didn't think I'd talk about, but I, I wrote it down as you were kind of talking about the work-life balance. But you have a trooper of a girlfriend in Abby. Yeah. Where she yeah. um where where did you meet her? I don't even think I know that story. Yeah. So when I was going to school, uh undergrad in South Dakota, she was going to the same school as me as well. Um, I came in at semester, like I said, and moved in to uh, a room of three guys that had already been living there uh together and they happened to know her and they kind of set us up, set us up from from the start. Uh we had a ping pong table inside of our uh dorm room there and She'd come over and we'd play ping pong every time, every time she came over. And I don't think I won a single game, but that kind of sparked a little competitive competitiveness in me. And I guess uh, it lasted long enough to, to create something special. So, but yeah, she's been, she's been awesome being from South Dakota. I think she lived there her whole life. So when I had the opportunity to move out to Kentucky, she jumped on that right away. She wanted to go explore the world a little bit with me. So Hopped on the hopped on the uh, U-Haul with me to Kentucky, and as soon as she heard that we're going to Florida, she was chomping at the bit to get out and uh, go see Florida as well. As much as she loved Kentucky, yeah, but she was ready for some sunshine as well. That's, I mean, it's great. I mean, this profession, and you know, Coach D and myself have been lucky. We've been at Kentucky for a long time. We've haven't had to move, but a lot of the times you hear other strength coaches talking about the strain it has on their significant others, um, yeah. especially when there's kids involved as well. But like she could easily just been like, nope, I'm from South Dakota. Like this is where I want to stay. Like re relationship ends as you go to Kentucky. But it just seems like she is an incredible trooper, um, loves an adventure, is not scared of going to new places and three completely different landscapes going from South Dakota to Lexington, Kentucky, and now you're in Florida, being able to go to the beach, fishing uh, that Tampa Bay area, um, yeah. you know, think, on the uh, daily. Yeah, I think as much as it's been fun for me to move around, it's been equally as fun for her, um, just to be able to see different parts of the country. And I'm lucky enough to have that because, I mean, my all my family's back home in Arizona. So moving out to South Dakota and not getting family time very often, and then moving down to Kentucky and so, you know, not getting very much family time, having somebody to kind of fall back on and and be there uh, throughout the moves and throughout the trying times. It's been great. But I don't I don't know how somebody with kids and a, a full on family would be able to do it in this profession and moving around time to time. And yeah, yeah I can definitely see where the strain would would be placed on the family because I'm lucky enough that it's it's just me and her at the time. So I couldn't imagine having kids and picking up and moving every few few years you know yeah that would be tough but i'm glad that you're in the spot that you're at i'm glad you and abby are doing good i assume that she is loving florida life and the beach life and yes all that good stuff and i think it's important to note that she has a job that she's able to pretty much pick up and do what she does anywhere yeah. I mean, it's probably not crazy easy for her but it's definitely a job that requires traveling to begin with right is right she's a traveling nurse or did i make that up so she's a radiologic technician a rad tech she does x-rays and mris and uh ct scans luckily enough uh healthcare is needed wherever you go in the world so yeah. yeah she can she can find that anywhere she's looking to get into some traveling gigs um like you were talking about but hasn't found any luck with that yet but 
yeah, she, she enjoys it and she's lucky enough to be able to find work wherever we go. So that is a bonus. Yep. Uh, that's awesome. Zane, super proud of you, man. Thank you so much for hopping up on here with me, catching up. I, I'm going to make a note in my calendar that maybe six months from now, or maybe even closer to the uh, year mark, you know, maybe May 2024, we'll reconnect on this podcast and kind of do a follow up episode to see where you are, see how your position has developed and all those good things. But everybody out there listening, if you have any questions for us, don't hesitate to email us at ukstrength at uky.edu. Thanks, and go Cats, and go Blue Jays. Cats and Blue Jays, yes, sir.